This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself as Martinez 5. He yeah. is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie of the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now. Shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning and welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. Great to have you with us. Back to a game day Saturday after a bye week. Got some lawn work done. Maybe you got recharged. Maybe you moved states. Yeah, maybe you showed up in Lincoln during the bye week. Who knows? All kinds of stuff can happen in in two weeks between (laughs) games. Uh, That is Caleb Henry, the new sports director here at KLIN. Of course, joining the KLIN Husker Hour, as sports directors do. Caleb, welcome to KLIN. I know you've been here for a week. How are you doing? I'm I'm really enjoying it so far, and I'm glad I just kind of get a sneak into the Husker Hour with a with a half-hour version. Yeah, yeah. We'll Baby in steps slowly. into it. We have a week off next week because it's 11 a.m. kickoff. We're preempted yeah. by pregame, so... You know, we're we're just gonna work and then it's in. a bye week on the ninth. And then another bye week. Yeah, we'll we'll have a we'll have a lot to talk about then. I would imagine too. A couple of games between bye weeks, the two bye week year here. Um, you had to make up time for Frost because him and his staff haven't had a bye week for two years. Yeah, uh, you have to go back to 2016 uh, to the last bye week they had, and so um, yeah. So we'll we'll have this half hour. We're taking you right up to pregame coverage of the Husker Sports Network here on the uh, Lincoln's Husker Radio KLIN. Um, and then we will, of course, have our Radio Sync broadcast right here. Turn down the TV and turn up the radio. Uh, and we will be uh, at the stadium. We'll have our uh, Facebook Live after the game so you can see our reaction and then uh, you can uh, see our story uh, at KLIN.com after the game. Uh, so we've got a lot to cover here in a short amount of time. Um, Caleb and I got to join the Friday Husker tailgate yesterday with Jack and Brendan as well. And look, this is... This is a, a must-win for a variety of reasons. Uh, and it's not a must-win in the sense that it's a can't-lose. It's a must-win because Nebraska needs something good to happen for themselves. They had about as bad a, a pre-bi-week game as you could have had, going on the road in cold weather, in precip, and just getting stomped. Whether it was bad fits... Uh, or whether it was poor effort, whatever the excuse, whatever the reason, whatever happened, uh, it was ugly. Thirty-four to seven, when it was thirty-four nothing after three quarters. Uh, that's not where you want to be as a program. Uh, that's not trending in the right direction. Now Minnesota's undefeated, so props to them. But that's you, you don't want to lose that disrespectfully. I guess is is the way that I see it. And and now getting a bye week getting a chance to look inside the program and look at the roster and look at what you've done in these first seven games of the season, Caleb. Now you have a chance to get back home, to play against a team that I think, frankly, everybody would agree they're better than, even though Indiana for a time this week was the favorite. The favorite. Uh, but this is a chance where you can right the ship, you can silence some doubters, you can just go out and handle your business have a feel-good victory, no matter if it's a close game or a blowout, just get the win, move on, and get one win closer to bowl eligibility and take that next step as a program. Two things right off the top. The the, the loss to Minnesota, even though it was... They only scored seven. 
and you look at that blowout, the way they lost to Minnesota and the way they lost to Ohio State, there's different feelings after both of those. Ohio State, you look on paper and go, yeah, probably should not win that game, even though you'd want it to be a little bit closer. You'd want it to look nicer. On paper, you look at Minnesota and go, if we lose, it's definitely not by more than two scores. And it definitely doesn't look the way it did there. So there's two very different tastes on two blowouts already this year. Second thing is, much in the the same way they're talking about the black shirt alternates, you've only got so many games left this year. One, to use the alternate, so those are getting brought out today. But you've only got so many games left to get bowl eligibility. And you look at the rest of the schedule, you got to find two more wins in there. So th- this is one of those where you've had the two weeks off, get some guys a little bit healthier, whether or not whoever we see at quarterback, whoever we see come in, take some kicks, um, whoever we see carry the ball out of the backfield. This is one of those opportunities to get that bad taste out of your mouth and get to where you've only got one win left to get to that bowl eligibility, and then you get another month of practice, and that feels good going into the, the off season, into the spring semester. Yeah, you have you potentially could have a few guys who you've been um, sequestering away with that four game redshirt rule that you could play in that bowl game. Get a little bit of a taste of twenty twenty in that uh, if if you get a chance to experience that um, for the first time in you know you, you missed bowl games class last couple yeah. seasons. It's it's uh, been a rough stretch. Uh, looking and, and I'm sure everybody who's listening to this show has seen the future of this the the schedule that you've looked ahead and you've seen. Yeah, this is the, really the best winnable game. Uh, that you've got it's it's at home. Um, the other winnable games, I think that Nebraska is going to be uh, maybe not favored, but but I would think uh, the majority of people think they should or could win would be the Purdue and Maryland games. Those are both on the road. Wisconsin and Iowa at home. So yeah, you start doing math, Caleb, and it does kind of whittle itself down. This is the most important game. If you look at it that way, because Nebraska's struggled on the road, no matter who the opponent's been, uh, the only road win they've gotten in the last nine games is against Illinois, and you had to come back from three separate 14-point deficits to do that. Now, hey, credit where credit's due, the Illini just knocked off Wisconsin last week, uh, but that still didn't go the, the way that you thought it would on the road, and so... Purdue and Maryland, you're going to need to get one of those, you would think, unless you get a huge upset against Wisconsin or Iowa at home um, in order for bowl eligibility. Um, We'll look a little bit closer at the matchup uh, between Nebraska and Indiana and what it's going to look like on the field today um, in in just a little bit. But just from the standpoint of what Nebraska's personnel is going to look like, Caleb, we're not sure about quarterback. Potentially one of four guys, uh, theoretically, could start. Um, Wandale Robinson is probably doubtful if you had to put a an NFL type grade on you, it. You put those fantasy football grades on it, yeah. I, I would I would say more doubtful than probable. Yep. And 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 J D Spielman, you hope he's back to close to a hundred percent. He did tough it out against Minnesota, but he was questionable going into that game. Um, Cam Taylor Britt reaggravated his shoulder injury against Minnesota, didn't return, and you hope that he's good to go. Uh, and and you don't know if you're going to see Brock Bando at left guard on the offensive line. Maybe Trent Hickson gets his spot back after uh, getting benched a little bit in that Minnesota game. Khalil Davis is another guy you might not see as much of uh, after he had another personal foul incident. He didn't get flagged against Ohio State, but he got suspended. And then he got flagged against Minnesota. You could see Scott Frost on the sideline berating him and telling him that's not how we do things. And so you wonder how much you might see him. And he's got the most sacks on the defense this season. Um Question marks all over the place personnel-wise, uh, but this is, a po- this is a point in time where you got to just figure it out. Whoever you got, you put that game plan in and you go. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's also ignoring the kicker situation yep. where 
there's a, I mean, at least we're seeing Pickering on the listed on the two deep. Yes. At least we're seeing him there. That shows a little bit of improvement and a number of coaches just in Frost just on Thursday said it's a roll of the dice at that position. We're going to yeah. see what happens when they come out for pregame. Um, and also Cade Warner, who we saw look really good for those couple drives get, he had a team high three catches against Minnesota and looked really good. And, and even Troy Walters said he's one of their most consistent guys that you can put out there on the edge, but he's also been dealing with kind of those lingering, nagging, uh, being hurt through a lot of the season. So presumably he's healthy, but he hasn't had a lot of run. Yeah. So that I have not, there's a lot of question, question marks yeah. all over the place. It's going to be a, a a very important time to be down on the sidelines for, for us uh, folks in the media pregame when you see guys warming up like, okay, where's this guy? Where you got a little checklist, right? Where's this guy? Is he, is he dressed? Is he warming up? Is he not warm? You know, uh, it's going to be a little bit of helter skelter down there. Uh, but once you, once you figure out who is going to be, then things will become a little bit clearer. Uh, and, and look, whether or not you have some of these guys available, um, Indiana's dealing with t- similar types of stuff. Michael Penix is their, uh, their leading quarterback. Um, he's a 69% passer, 1200 yards, 10 touchdowns. Uh, one on the ground as well. He's the guy they've had most success with. Peyton Ramsey's got a lot of experience, but he's the backup. Um, 73% passer, not too shabby, 843 yards and six touchdowns in his own right. Um, so they're hoping to get their number one quarterback back. They have a pretty capable number two, probably more capable than what Nebraska could trot out. Um, if Adrian Martinez is able to go in this one, I think you feel pretty good about Nebraska's chances, Caleb. And, and if he is, if he is good to go, um, that opens up, uh, I think, a little bit more of your offense. Now, I say that in that we know that Frost has talked a lot about, you know, Adrian can run the whole playbook, he can do this, he can do that. Last week, or two weeks ago, Noah Vedral plays, uh, and, and they mention, they admit that they pared the playbook down a little bit. If if it's me calling the shots there, I wouldn't, I wouldn't maybe uh, give the entire thing back to Martinez, maybe paring it down a little bit, for him, number one, because he may be limited physically, but number two, there have been times this season he's just looked indecisive, and maybe cutting a little bit of that back might be good for him. I don't know. I, what do you think of that? I think that's that's actually a, a great plan because the way we've seen things go, and right now Martinez with just um, seven passing touchdowns, five picks on the year, yep. um, and that doesn't even get into the indecisions on a lot of the the RPOs on where, where are we going to give that ball, running some of that option out onto the edge. Um, he has looked indecisive, and because of that indecisiveness, he's looked slow. Yeah. Um, and nobody in Husker Nation looks at Adrian Martinez and thinks slow. But we have this year. That, that's been one of the, the inconsistencies that we've seen at that position. But they also talked about, especially this week, that they've gone to a lot of those inside zone runs. We know Nebraska is going to just run the ball a lot. I think this is going to be a pound-the-rock game. Yes. Um, obviously, unless they fall behind and then they have to air it out a little bit more. But I I think that's a good plan with Martinez. You get some of those get some of that consistency back and we see that with a lot of young quarterbacks. What are the things that can get them into a rhythm and get them going? Get them a couple runs, a couple easy reads with uh some of the the zone read there and get them quick throws out in the flats. Have them throwing it out quickly and then that can get them a little bit more of a rhythm and then maybe you expand it a little bit more out of halftime, but I think early on you you might see the same six seven plays just kind of rotated out of different looks. Yeah, the the coaching staff, the players, they all mentioned it. 
Nebraska really hammered the inside zone play. They really, really focused in on a lot of the details, offensive line, where you place your feet, where you where you make your first contact with defensive linemen, depending on the scheme you're facing, um, and running backs, where you where you see the hole, where the holes develop, where the cutback lanes might be. Uh, they really worked on it a lot, according to just about everybody. Uh, and so, yeah, I would anticipate and ran good on good. So they had yes. they had to have the competition in the off yep. week. Yep. Yeah. And and another another deal on Martinez. Um, Four fumbles this season, all four lost. Um, just terrible luck. Um, I looked earlier this season, uh, just comparing Martinez uh, to Taylor Martinez when he played his sophomore season. Uh, Taylor Martinez's first five games of 2011, he fumbled nine times and didn't lose a single one. Just, just, just an astounding that is, statistic. That's stupid luck, yes. is what that is. He, his nickname was T Magic, right? It was T Magic for a reason. Uh, that's Caleb Henry, the new sports director here at KLIN. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Uh, we've got a lot to cover this morning. Uh, we're going to hear a little bit from Scott Frost, what he was talking about earlier this week. Uh, we will talk a little bit more about the matchup on the field. We'll see what Indiana is going to be bringing to Lincoln. Look offense and defense with them, and how that matches up with the Huskers and the black shirts, especially. Uh, and speaking of black shirts. Alternate unis. You're going to see everybody out there in black. Uh, we will uh, we'll give our thoughts on that maybe if we have time as well and a score prediction before we go. Taking you right up to Husker Sports Network pregame coverage at 9.30. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. There's no change. Again, it doesn't matter if if we're 12 and 0 or 0 and 6, we're not going to change what we do because what we do works. What we do works. Same with us, Caleb, right here on the KLI and Husker Hour. What we do on this station works every single week, whether Caleb and I are uh, are here or not. Um, that was Scott Frost on Thursday talking a little bit about what he expects from this offense, regardless of the team's record, regardless of the standings, regardless of who's on the field, really, um, is, is kind of how that comes off. And I would push back on that a little bit, maybe. Um, not that, I mean, Noah Vedral ran the offense admirably against Minnesota, but I think if you have a healthy Adrian Martinez, that game goes a little bit differently. Um, I don't know how much different Robinson, but I don't know how much differently that game goes with the way the line played. Sure, but you you have a shot. You have a shot to get one, you know, big play threat. I don't yeah. know how explosive Noah Vedral. He had that big play to J.D. Spielman, but that was really all that mm-hmm. they showed. Um, didn't go downfield a whole lot. So, yeah. um Until that Cade Warner pass to open that touchdown drive. Let's okay. Digging in a little bit to that quote, and then transitioning into the, what the game plan for today will be. Indiana has a defensive head coach. He was a defensive coordinator there for the Hoosiers before he got elevated to the head coach job. Um, they don't really light you up um, in terms of. Uh, offense this season, uh, they are they are passing the ball at 16th nationally at 307 yards per game. Their schedule is a little suspect, though. Um, that being said, defensively is where his background is. Um, passing defense, they are ninth in the country at just 168 yards per game, uh, and third down defense, they're tenth nationally, allowing just 30 percent conversions. Um, Caleb, looking at what Indiana does defensively. Um, as Nebraska pounded the inside zone play, I feel like Indiana is best suited to stop a play like inside zone. Where do you think Nebraska's offensive philosophy goes this week? I think it, it's still going to go inside and it's going to say stop us. And a lot like Coach Frost said was what what we do works, what, what, the, what they do on the field works. 
But on that counterpoint is the it works if you execute it properly. For mm-hmm. every team, every play in their playbook can work yeah. if executed properly. And uh, I think this works on both sides of the ball. What Indiana does defensively is set up to stop kind of what Nebraska has is go, most likely going to go to today. On the other side, Indiana trying to pass the ball, I think, plays into Nebraska's hands defensively. So I don't know what to think of either of the teams going in with their offense not really matching up well against either defense. Yeah, and and what Indiana does is they want to stop that run. They want to make you one-dimensional. Um, their two losses this year, Ohio State, uh, everybody's lost to Ohio State who's played them this year, uh, and then Michigan State. Michigan State, not known for their offense, put up 40 against Indiana. Yeah. Uh, it was 40-31. to 31. Now putting 31 on that defense is pretty impressive as well. Um, and that was at Michigan State, too. That was at Michigan State, yes. And and so you, you wonder what type of uh of offense you're going to see um just in terms of of Indiana and getting getting their pass game going because that is kind of be a, that's kind of going to be a strength on strength as well. Mm-hmm. They have a pass offense that they really lean on. They have a bunch of receivers who are over 250 they have four excuse me five guys who have over 250 yards receiving this season and at least one touchdown. And four of those guys have at least three touchdowns or more. Um so they lean on that pass game and yet, I feel like the, for defen- defensively for Nebraska, that's where their strength is. It's in the secondary. You have hopefully Cam Taylor Britt's healthy and, and able to play today. Um, but you have two really good safeties. You have two really good cornerbacks who Nebraska's really going to miss when they're gone next year. That's a strength on strength matchup as well. When you look at when Indiana has the ball, yeah. So N- Nebraska's biggest deficiencies this year have come when someone can run the ball consistently against mm-hmm. us. Indiana. Doesn't really run the ball, although they, I mean, they've got some decent runners back there, and they, they've got uh, a guy, Scott the Third. He's already got over 500 yards rushing, but that tells you right there that they are heavily into their pass game. They score more than 30 a game. The only time they didn't was against Ohio State, yep. and I don't, Ohio State doesn't give up 30 points anyway. So it, it, with their average there, Indiana's going to try to get it out, but I think for Indiana, if they can get any run games started, that's going to play into we have to start sucking up some of that secondary. And then they are going to get some of those big plays over the top. But they know that. Both of these teams know that. There's no secrets in college football. But I also know that Nebraska defensively matches up so well with what Indiana's going to do. And Scott Frost even said this week, he could look at their offense, call the plays, and Huskers could go out and run them because it's a lot of the same same style that they're going to put out there, the same kind of system. Mm-hmm. But Indiana just slings it around a little bit better than we do right now. Yeah, very true. Uh, another thing to look at, if you kind of have followed Nebraska for a while, it's turnovers and penalties. Those are pretty good indicators of whether Nebraska is going to win or lose a game. Um, they're actually a little bit better than Indiana. They're exactly the same in turnover margin. Both of them uh, are just under uh, water on that stat, negative .43 per game. Penalty yardage, though, Nebraska 54 yards per game, Indiana 64 yards per game. Indiana a little bit more penalized than Nebraska, 100th in the nation um, in terms of penalty yardage per game. So uh, maybe a place where you could win. Um, I just really think that third down is going to be a big factor today. Indiana is top 20 both offensively and defensively on third down. Uh, again, partially a product of who they've played. Their wins are against Ball State, Eastern Illinois, UConn, and then conference wins against Rutgers and Maryland. Um, so not not the best of teams, but then again, you kind of 
had that narrative going a couple weeks ago against Minnesota going into that game. Um, so we'll see. That's why they play the games, as they say. Uh, we got to get to one more break here uh, on the KLI and Husker Hour. We're, we're looking at just a, a little bit of a short show, taking you right up to pregame coverage at 930. Uh, Caleb and I will be back right after this with our score predictions. And then we're headed over to the Cornhusker Marriott. If you haven't ever seen the team leave the hotel and get on the buses, the pet band is there. Uh, the Killigans play beforehand. They've got uh, food and beverage available there as well. Uh, and it's free to get in and just enjoy the atmosphere. Uh, you can come over and see Caleb and I here uh, in just a little bit, and the team will leave the hotel probably around 1145. 1145, yeah. So we will be over there after this, uh, and we're back to finish up the KLIN Husker Hour uh, in just a minute. This is Cole and Caleb on KLIN. Talking with current and formers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Finishing up the KLIN Husker Hour here on KLIN. That's Caleb Henry, KLIN's new sports director. Can't say new next week, so I'm getting all the news in. Now. No, that's okay. Yeah, all the the new, new news, the new, new news. Yep, I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Uh, we are getting right up to the Husker Sports Network pregame coverage uh, that starts here at 9.30. But right before then, we're going to give our predictions for the game and our scores uh, and how we're uh, going to take these, uh, which direction we think they're going to go. Um, I'll go first. I think that you're going to see a low-scoring game. Um, I think I differ in the, the thoughts of my partner here, but I just, regardless of who, which quarterback you see for Nebraska, I do think, I take the coaches at their word, I think you're going to see a lot of trying to establish the run, even if it, you're going to see maybe a few three and outs that you don't want to see because of it. Um, I think that's going to pay dividends maybe later on in the game for Nebraska. Um, regardless of the quarterback, I think you see that. Uh, and then defensively, I just think you're going strength on strength both ways. I think Nebraska's inside zone game goes right into the strength of the Indiana defense. Um, and Indiana's pass game goes into the strength of Nebraska's defense, which I think is a secondary. Um, but I think the Huskers pull it off. I don't think they make it through three straight games without a turnover, maybe just one. Uh, but I think the Blackshirts get at least one back. That's pretty even. Uh, and I think the Huskers win 24-19. All of the coaches said that with wearing these alternates, you have to go out and they don't think they've earned the right to wear them. But when you've got them on, you better play with a lot of pride. I think although both offenses are playing into that strength of the defense, I, I just see both of these offenses being so creative that they're going to find a way to score. I do think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring of a game, whether one team runs away with it or the other one team is just back and forth going up there. I think when when you look at those teams offensively, they're just going to find a way to score. Indiana gives up points, and right now we've seen Nebraska give up points. Uh, I do think Nebraska does get a defensive touchdown in this one, though, with the way Indiana airs it out. Nebraska 37, Indiana 35, so Nebraska to win but not cover. Defensive score, calling your shot. You got to get one with the black shirts. You got to get one. If, look, if Lamar Jackson gets another one and he ignores the sideline again, like he did against <laughs> Northwestern, I don't think any of his teammates are going to let him hear the end of it. That's Caleb Henry, KLIN's new sports director. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Thanks for joining us here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Pre-game coverage, Nebraska-Indiana starts in just 30 seconds. Thanks again. Uh, we will be back in two weeks, maybe depending on the uh, game time for... Or no, that's a bye week. We will be back in two weeks, regardless, uh, for another edition of the KLI and Husker Hour. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you over at the Cornhusker Marriott in just a few. Go Big Red. <laughs>